Amen. I want to ask you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. As you're turning in your Bible, I want to ask you a question. Have your, have your plans changed for Christmas this year? You know, I think probably plans have changed for most people. Uh, you know, I, we don't like change. I, I don't like change. I believe it was Mark Twain who once said, nobody likes change but a wet baby. And I'm not even sure that's true. But the older I get, the more I realize that's just part of life. Change is something that's just inevitable. But I still don't like it. You know, and I, I think there's something, too, about Christmas that makes change even that much more difficult. Because Christmas is something that, when you think about it, we really put a lot of pressure on ourselves with Christmas. We begin way in advance planning who we're going to be around, who we're going to invite over, what parties we're going to go to, what parties we're going to host, what, what food we're going to cook, what presents we're going to buy, what presents we hope to get. I mean, there's a lot of thinking that goes in to Christmas. And when things have to change, man, it's just tough. But in reality, it, it's not just Christmas. Christmas just seems to make it a little worse. We're that way in all of life. I think probably all of us kind of have, you know, the, the, the way we think life should go, kind of our, our plans of how things should materialize, the uh, plans about the job we're supposed to have, plans about the house we're supposed to live in or whatever. And, well, sometimes, as I said earlier, change is just inevitable. Well, tonight, as we continue to reimagine Christmas, we're going to see that the very first Christmas was really, well, all about change. We're going to look back at the life of Joseph and see that, man, nothing that was happening in his life was according to his plan. All of his life plans changed. But we'll also see that God's plans for Joseph were far greater than he would have ever even known to plan on his own. I'm going to show you through the text four things about Joseph and then give kind of a final word about Christmas and, and how this applies to our lives. But with our Bibles open in Matthew chapter 1, we look into the story in Matthew 1, beginning in verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Boy, when we're introduced to Joseph here in Matthew chapter 1, don't you feel sorry for the guy? I mean, he's just found out that the one to whom he is betrothed is pregnant, and he knows better than anybody that the child's not his. 
we also see a little bit about his character in those first verses. As Joseph is trying to figure out how to handle this situation, listen, he realizes that things must be difficult enough for Mary, and he doesn't want to complicate things by making a spectacle of uh, what he's having to deal with, so he's trying to figure out how to handle the situation in a very discreet manner and protect her the very best he could. Reality is, though, with Joseph, he had life plans that got changed. I think there might be a, a part of us when we look at this passage and we see where the angel reveals himself to Joseph and says, Joseph, listen, don't sweat all this. This child that Mary bears is God's child. And as the angel begins to share with Joseph that it's God's desire for him to take care of this Jesus while he's young, there's probably a part of us maybe who looks into that story and maybe we would think, boy, what an incredible honor. When you think about it, of all the people in the world that God could have chosen to be the earthly father of Jesus, what an incredible honor that he would choose Joseph. But you know, that's easy for you and me to say as we look into his life. But if that were you and me, I, I don't know that that's what we would think. When you think about it, particularly growing up in this era when it was important to have children and, boy, incredibly important to have a male child who could continue to carry on the family name, I imagine that Joseph probably dreamed about what life would be like with Mary when they were able to come together as husband and wife. I'm sure Joseph had plans of his firstborn son that he could train up and the carpenter shop and all the things that they were going to be able to do together. But I'm sure all of Joseph's plans had to do with a child that would be created through he and Mary. Not God's child. And then as we talked about this morning with this sacrifice really of Mary... When Mary surrendered herself to God, she was surrendering herself to the reality that she was going to experience shame because who would believe that the child she was carrying was actually God's, right? When you think about it, Joseph was, well, he was walking right into this himself. Listen, it doesn't matter what era you grow up in, people are people. And you certainly can imagine that people would have a hard time believing that this child was actually God's child. It wasn't Joseph's child. And well, Joseph would have to deal with all that as he said yes to God. His life plans, boy, were they ever changed. But the scripture tells us that Joseph is willing to adjust his plans to God. Here's the second thing that I think about as I ponder this passage, and that is this. Joseph had a son that he couldn't even name. Do you see where the text tells us there in verse 21? The angel says, she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So the name Jesus, of course, carried that meaning that he will save his people from their sins. But again, Joseph... He's been asked to be the earthly father of God's child. This was not his plan. And now that he said yes to God and he's going to be the earthly father, now he can't even name the child. I mean, I think 
again, I just kind of put myself in Joseph's shoes, and I think if that's me, I think the, the conversation with the angel is probably going something like this. Well, listen, you know this is going to cost me a lot here, right? I mean, this is certainly a huge adjustment in my life, and, 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 and I'm going to face scorn as a result of this. I mean, there's a lot of sacrifices that I'm making here. I mean, can I at least name the boy, like Joseph Jr. or Little Joe or something like Why am I having to, to do everything the way God wants it done? He had a son that he couldn't even name. But amazingly, Joseph once again willingly surrenders to God's plan. And this third point, I'm telling you, I don't mean to be crude, but every time I look at this passage, I think about this point, and it's just hard for me to wrap my mind around it, and that's this. Joseph had a wife, but couldn't have a honeymoon. Look again there at the text in verse 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, meaning he adjusted his life plans. This was not the plan that he had for his life. This is not the way he thought things were going to go. This is a complete change of direction. But he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and then verse 25 and did not know her till she brought forth her firstborn son. So Joseph has accepted this assignment of being the earthly father of Jesus. And he takes in Mary to be his wife, but they postpone the honeymoon. He chooses to be obedient to the command of God and does not have intimate relations with his wife until after Jesus is born. Now, you and I know the significance of that. We know that prophecies foretold about how the Messiah would be born of a virgin. We also know the importance of this child who is the God-man. He is God's child, though he's taken on flesh. But being God's child, he does not have a sin nature, and therefore he can condemn sin in the flesh from the moment that he steps into it. He's victorious over sin and death. He's redeeming flesh from the very moment that he's born. He is God in the flesh. You and I know the significance of the virgin birth, but it's so much easier for us to see that in 2020 than it would have been for us to see it then. But Joseph, I mean, listen, in reality, couldn't you understand if Joseph thought, well, my goodness, what does it matter? I mean, all this that God is asking him to do, and boy, everything has just changed for him. And yet he continues to be fully surrendered. You know, I, it's one of those situations when, you know, we think about sometimes what heaven is going to be like and the people that we want to talk to when we go to heaven. And I know a lot of people would say, boy, I, you know, I really want to talk to like Peter because he seems like such a man's man and seems like he'd be the life of the party up in heaven. Or maybe a person would say, you know, I really want to talk to the Apostle Paul because what a brilliant guy. Me, Joshua, is my guy. Now, I want to sit down and 
talk with Joshua. I've got so many questions to ask him, and I just want to soak up everything there is to know about that transition from Moses to Joshua, the whole deal with Jericho, and boy, I mean, that's, that's my guy. I, I want to spend a lot of time with Joshua. But I'm going to tell you, I, I would love to sit down and have a cup of coffee with Joseph. There's so many questions that I would love to ask him. How in the world did you accept this assignment? What was going through your head? How in the world were you able to say yes to God with all that you were being asked to do? Do you ever feel sometimes like life is just so different than you ever planned? You know, when you went to college, you, you established a major and, and you, you, you had these plans for your life. This is what you were going to do when you hit 25 and this is what you were going to do when you hit 35 and when you hit 50 and when you got to retirement age. Then maybe you're not even working in the field for which you got your degree. Or when you got married and your children were born and all the thoughts that you had about what life was going to be like, all the, 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 the things that they were going to do, the memories that you were going to be able to experience. And boy, things just somehow have a way of changing, don't they? Is life far different today than you ever imagined it would have been? Change is hard. Joseph understands. Listen, the change didn't end here for Joseph. I want us actually to move forward. In Matthew chapter 2, of course, you know that by this time, the baby Jesus had been born. The wise men saw that great light in the sky and began to make their way towards uh, where Joseph and Mary were to see the baby. And then in Matthew chapter 2 in verse 13, look at what the scripture says. It says, now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt I called my son. And then in verse 19, if you look, the scripture says, Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came in to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He should be called a Nazarene. Here's the fourth thing that I want you to see about Joseph in this first Christmas. He had a new family, but couldn't stay settled in one place for a while. Man, you talk about change. It was constant change for the guy, right? He has taken Mary to be his wife in spite of all of these circumstances, in spite of all the things that people were saying. He has accepted this assignment of being the earthly father to God's child. Life is just so different than he ever imagined. The child is born, and now he continually has to relocate. 
Let me tell you something about men. Men desire more than anything else to be respected. That's one difference between men and women. It, women's great desire is to be loved, to be valued, to be listened to, to be cared for, to, for people to, to, to just think of them as, as incredible as they are. Women are made with that desire to be loved and valued. Men are made with a desire to be respected, particularly by their families. What a man wants to hear more than anything else from his family and from even people at work is thank you. And for a man, it means so much to be able to take care of your family, to do the very best he can, and to make the environment as stable as possible. But boy, the environment is anything but stable. He's having to move from one place to another. The angel's giving him warning. He's going in one direction. He's going in another. I mean, here he is. He's doing everything God told him to do. And now he has this new family, but he just can't settle for a while. But the scripture doesn't give us any indication of his complaining, any indication of his rebelling against the word of the Lord. It just portrays Joseph continually being obedient. Change is hard. And it doesn't matter if it's 2020, or it doesn't matter if it's Bethlehem or Nazareth in the days of the first Christmas. Change can be incredibly difficult. But here we have an example of a man who was willing to accept change. A man who was willing to lay down his plans for his own life and yield them in full surrender to God's plans for him. You know, as we think about Christmas Christmas is really not so much about all of the parties and all of the food and uh, all of the, the gatherings with people and the Christmas cards and all the things that we make it to be. In fact, Christmas is not even the good news that everything will go as you plan. That's not the good news of Christmas. But that God's plans for you are always better. You see, as we really reimagine Christmas, as we go back to that very first Christmas, we see that here with Joseph. His plans got changed, didn't they? Nothing that first Christmas was happening the way he expected they were going to happen. Everything, everything got turned upside down. But he was willing to adjust. He was willing to surrender to God's plan. And don't you know that Joseph would always look back at this decision as the greatest decision of his life. You know, there's not a whole lot known about Joseph in history. I mean, we know that he was married to Mary. We know that he was a carpenter in Nazareth. 
We know that he probably passed on and went on to be with the Lord earlier on in Jesus' life because you just don't see mention of him where you see mention of Mary uh, throughout Jesus' life. Joseph is not known for the things that he made. He's not known for the money that he accumulated. He's not known for prominence in the community and all the, the relationships and the connections that he had. But Joseph is known forever as a man who fully surrendered his plans to God. What about you? This has certainly been a year of change. This is a Christmas of change. And your life at this point may be so different than you ever imagined it would be. And having to change can be the most frustrating thing in the world. But here at this first Christmas, we see that this change that Joseph made, it was absolutely worth it. Do you believe that God's plans for your life are greater than anything you can plan? You see, when you think about it, being surrendered to God's plans for our lives, being willing to change what we think and what we know for what God desires for us is not only the example of Joseph, but it is the example of Jesus at the first Christmas, isn't it? When, as Paul tells us in Philippians, that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death, on a cross our savior was fully surrendered to the plans of the father and aren't you glad he was listen I know change can be hard and I know maybe things are different this year than you expected them to be and I know that you may be incredibly frustrated by all the changes that are going on around you but what I want to remind you from this story is this. God never changes. And his plans for us are always better than we can possibly imagine. So take a deep breath. Listen to the voice of God. And adjust as he guides us in his perfect plan. Christmas is not the good news that everything will go as you plan, but the good news that his plans are always better for you. Will you pray with me? Father, we bow before you tonight and we praise you as the God who sees all, who knows all, and who can do all. We praise you as the one who has a perfect plan for our lives, who knows far more what's best for us than we could ever know. You have a completely different view of our lives than we do. We acknowledge that sometimes it's incredibly hard to, to trust what you see and know. But I pray that you'll help us. Please grant us the faith in the midst of a world of change 
to trust in you, the one who never changes. Help us to trust that your plans for us are always best. Thank you for Joseph who fully surrendered himself, changed all of his plans for yours. Thank you for his example, but thank you most of all for the child that was born, the one who was fully surrendered to you so that we might be saved. Help us, O God, to walk by faith. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. Merry Christmas.